You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shemhotep means go in peace. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com and I am your host Baba Oshi Hotep family hope everything is well with you today hope you're going to have a good day today and a great weekend hope you get a chance to do all the things you want to do should do, must do, can do and will do hoping the weather will be accommodating for you to do it but of course if it is not and it has to get done it must be done it will get done because you will do it that's right <laughs> yes you're listening to African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, go to timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African perspectives. Click on that, and then there will be programs that are dated, that are dated and titled. There's a shortcut you can use, you know, whatever you, Internet Explorer, Firefox, Google, whatever, you know, time for an awakening. Hit um, <clears throat> babaoshi.net, babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And once again, programs that are dated and titled. All right. Other programming we have here from time for an awakening. Of course, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. All times I give are Eastern times. Uh, next week at 8 p.m., May to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with your host, Brother Alfonso Watkins, in honor of Dr. William Rogers, who made his transition and has a program upcoming for Dr. Rogers. Fridays, on Friday, today's Friday, so it at Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it will be time for an awakening right here on the Time for an Awakening Media. Time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then Sunday at 7 p.m. Once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses from WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bomani Tayemba has been taking our people to the motherland for a trip of a lifetime. Upcoming trip is March 30th to April 9th, and that's going to go to Senegal and Gambia. Then May 24th to June 5th to Ghana. July 20th through the 30th, Rwanda. November 16th to November 27th, Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azinia. March 29th to April 9th, Liberia. July 11th, to July 23rd, 2024, Ghana, and then December, November 21st through December 2nd, Kemet. These are some great trips, so wouldn't you agree? You know, and senior Kemet, man, I tell you, all very affordable. Anywhere between $4,000 and $4,400 in that range, so. Triple of a lifetime, go to AfricaForTheAfricans.org. AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Everything you need. All the information, the questions, the, the documentation, the shots, the visas, and so forth. All that is there for you. Also, do if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Habashah. Habashah Incorporated. Habashah stands for helping Africa's by establishing schools at home and abroad. And of course, here in the Atlanta area, the programs that they have is 
excuse me, Habitat Works, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and the Urban Green Jobs. And of course, the main project in Ghana, the Kashi Project. They had their launch back in October. It is beautiful. Uh, go on uh, Habitat <clears throat> Incorporated.org and check it out and see for yourself. Ledge, the land for the environmental development for group economics. The Ledge, the Ledge Group, land for the environmental development for group economics. They deal in the four areas for human existence, food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six African countries with over 170 employed and over 260 members. In fact, membership has its privileges. If you become a member of the Ledge Group, you can buy land for $250 an acre in Tanzania. You can buy land. Brothers and sisters, the Ledge Group, land for the environmental development for group economics. Abibia Tumi, Abibia Tumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, abibiatumi.com. They have good programs that are happening in, in, in Ghana. Abibia Tumi comes out of Ghana. And uh, go on the website, abibiatumi.com. They have a lot of things happening. They have a conference coming up in Ghana, July 7th through the 9th. And um, it's going to deal in education, military, industri- institutional, uh, economic, and agricultural. It's, uh, yeah, technology, family, community, and nation power. Yep. And that is coming up April 7th, 8th, and 9th. More to talk about that later. All right. Smy Pharmacy. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y dot com. SmyPharmacy.com. Contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. Talk to him about what's happening with you, the things that are ailing you, if there are some, or if you just want to change uh, to a more holistic uh, regimen for yourself and for your health, he can do it for you. Smy Pharmacy, FM. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com if you want to contact him through Gmail. Smile Pharmacy. Moses West, the Moses West Foundation. The Moses West Foundation.org providing water for those who are in desperate need. Right now they're in Jackson, Mississippi. You all know what's happening there. They were in Flint, Michigan. There were some technical issues in Flint. The problem in Flint is still there. Problem in Flint could have been corrected had uh, Barack Obama had some balls in this whole administration, this whole damn country. But because it wasn't an affluent uh, area, you know, just like in Jackson, Mississippi. Man, oh man, I tell you. So check out the Moses West Foundation. Brothers and sisters, donate to the Moses West Foundation. Assist them in making it happen for our people, for our people in Jackson, Mississippi. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End here in Atlanta, on Ralph David Abernathy, right across the street from the Soul Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Wadada's with delicious smoothie and fruit drinks and health. They have um, supplements and organic health stuff. All that stuff is there. And on weekends, 
tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, they sell vegan food. That's at Wadada's, located on Ralph David Abernathy. Want to give them a call? Call them at 404-444-1635. That's 404-444-1635. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. I'm, I'm excited. Next week, Thursday, me and my young brother, Ola, we will be giving our presentation on ancient Kemet in honor of African and American African History Month. Uh, dynamic presentation, and I look forward to. Uh, for many of you who are listening, or, uh, who are listening in the Atlanta area, hopefully that you can come check it out at the Greenbrier Mall from 4:30 to 6:30. Of course, Mama Nia, she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, gift certificates, team T-shirts, and figurines, and so much more. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia, just east here of, of Atlanta off of I-20. Take I-20 going east, exit 74. Make a, make that left and go down about a mile. And it's on a, it's going to be on your left. That's the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar for the Gazimdia Jamu. Give them a call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. There is light in the Black Dot. Jump back on to I-20, still going east. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Make a right at Turner Hill Road. Go three lights and make, a, make another right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. They need patronage, brothers and sisters. Patronize. Us Lifting Us, last night they had their Thursday night broadcast for Us Lifting Us. Every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. On Blog Talk Radio. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Or you can call to listen. Or you can give questions, comments, or concerns by dialing 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us every Thursday night from 9 to 10. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop. Brother Abija has got it going on there in Macon, Georgia. He's open from Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. from Tuesdays. And he has furniture, clothing, oh man, jewelry, literature, CDs, DVDs, holistic um, products, and so forth. He even has a vegan restaurant on the premises. Check out Brother Abija at 478 256 1166. That's 478. 2561166 Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Brothers and sisters, give my sister Shelly Hammond set a call at 404-434-7963. 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense. Your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti, Sister Gabrielle Aurelia, Sister Gabby, doing outstanding work with our children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. She provides education, health care, 
sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship. Check it out. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. All right. Akaban Institute, Baba Baruti and Mama Yah. Yeah. Akaban Institute, brothers and sisters, if you want to use PayPal for making donations to help Baba Baruti and Mama Yah, go to PayPal. Yah. Y-A-A, Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, and you can make a donation. Or you can do it PayPal, a cash app, dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A, M, the letter M, and then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, to make your donation. Also, too, uh, he's a prolific writer. He's writing a book as we speak. He'll be my guest next month. And Baba Baruti. And um, Akaben House. Go to akabenhouse.com and you will see the books that you can order right from there. Akabenhouse.com. Also, too, let me always do this on Fridays. Announce my good brother, Brother Yusuf Muhammad. Brother Yusuf Muhammad, he has disaster awareness for community preparedness. Disaster awareness. Let me see where he's. There he is, right there. Yeah. On a Black History Month. Okay. It's honoring some people and uh, some, um, some ancestors doing Black History Month on his program. You know? So that is at from 4 to 6 p.m. From 4 to 6 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. The number to call is 563-999-3089. That's 563-999. 3089 Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. My good brother Yusuf Muhammad. The Inya. It's a sim of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. The Inya. The Inya. It's a sim of daily revolutionary thought. February 16th. It is natural when certain needs are not met to do whatever you have to do to meet those needs. It's a fool who consistently gets beat down and, and finds in himself no matter of retaliation. Brother Akil. We must not ignorantly allow others to misinterpret our tradition. For example, we contest the assertion that our ancestors blindly showed hospitality to strangers. Instead, they were generous to a fault. However, we always act within our ancestral wisdom. It is this experience, intelligence, which leads the Akan to maintain that we admit a sojourner, excuse me, we admit a sojourner, but not a suppressor. It is only when we become so determined to embrace a safe, pretentious Africanity and fight to bring enemies into our communities and homes as our dearest and closest friends, that we confuse ourselves into foolishly believing that our ancestors welcome anybody who happened to stumble into our space with childish open arms. The African proverb, an ignorant man is a slave, says it all. Affirm, I admit no suppressors. Affirm, I admit no suppressors. 
September 17th. How can you claim that you want to be free when the one thing you be when you're free is the one thing you don't want to be in African? Professor James Small. Africans trying to help concoct a new world wherein they can finally feel human without having to be African. Do so pretending, pretending that this current reality is not dominated by and wholly rooted in European imperatives. These Africans are claiming that they are even breaking away from the very idea of tradition. They are claiming to have no traditions except those which they now manufacture for themselves. This expresses a deeply schizophrenic ignorance of which tradition is. And it's laughable because no individual functions without a tradition. No group of individuals can start a society from nothing because someone taught them how to think and live. And in that teaching, the tradition of the instructor is thereby transferred. This should be obvious because societies are not started by newborns and socialization, which is no more or less than a life's instructions in the traditions which evolved out of a cultural way of that people begins at first contact with physical reality. No matter how we look at it, because we know that every people follow a tradition, these confused Africans want to pretend that they do not follow a European tradition, as they certainly do. In and of themselves, every people is a, is a tradition. No people is separable from their tradition unless they no longer that people. They're no longer that people. Affirm, I am African. Affirm, I am African. February 18th. What is a zombie? A zombie is a corpse reactivated by secret means from the grave that can walk, live, and serve others, but is still dead. Kwabana Ashanti. Zombies take their vanquishment and belief in the sacredness of white supremacy to heart. They embrace an absolute denial of any African origin or connection, insisting on being amalgamated into what they consider to be a superior physical and mental type. Work toward their rapid and complete subsimilation of the European way and believe they deserve no more than a conditional subintegration into European culture and society. They will accept whatever piece of whiteness they can get because they are not their African selves. Zombie, metaphorically, methodologically, search for ways to distance themselves from all that is African, especially Africans who are not working with them toward white acceptance. Mindlessness makes them frightened creatures, doing all in their power to distance themselves from anyone who would get in the Europeans' march toward global domination. They would never they would never think to question or interfere with those who own them. As they distance themselves from us, we must distance ourselves from them. Warriors are not proselytizers, nor do we seek to proselytize. Affirm, I am living. I am a living being with a living conscious mind 
that I control. Affirm, I am a living being with a living conscious mind that I control. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. Ashe. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Oh. Yeah, family, I tell you. We're going to talk about those traditions. I'm going to talk about why Africa, Africa must, and I repeat, must. Yeah, that's right. My, my, my guest on Monday is Brother Bashir Muhammad Patah Akanyele. He's been on many times. He's an educator at Newark, New Jersey, and the president of that North Atlantic region of the Association for the Study of Classical African Civilizations. We're going to talk about the attack on our history, which is ironic. Here it is, African History Month. You know, American African and African History Month. And yet, these attacks are serious. In fact, um, I think it's a school district in Alabama. The students walked out because they were told, if you want to have a black history program, you can't talk about nothing prior to 1970. You can't talk about nothing prior to 1970. You can talk about the integration efforts in the 70s, and all the coming together, all this bull. Yeah. Because the reality is, the European definitely wants to and always has been wanting to control the narrative. You know, but because we had brothers and sisters coming out of our captivity, wanting to know more about who we are. And these brothers and sisters linked up with other brothers and sisters in the Caribbean, in the diaspora. There are great men and women who reclaim, recaptured, and restore the history of our people that we need to listen to, that we need to read, that we need to know about, and that we need to share with other African people. Great Pan-Africanists, great cultural nationalists, great scholars, warrior scholars, the men and the women that I respect, that I read, that I listen to, that I love. No, they want the zombies I just read about it. And that's ain't that different about the Inye Sesim. That's what I'm talking about today. And many things in the Inye Sesim, you know, <laughs> I swear, the ancestors. So, Brother Akinyele will be my guest on Monday. We're going to spend the, pretty much just going to, not going to do announcements. Me and him are just going to chop it up, seriously. And hopefully you'll, you'll join us if you have questions, comments concerns because we're going to do it right you know we're going to do it right I tell you it must be done it must be done Uh, today we're going to talk about Africa must control its image worldwide Africa must control its image worldwide because as I'm saying this here in this country and globally. Africa 
because of what Europeans want to do and all the others outside of them to control the mineral wealth of Africa by decreasing Africa's population and by controlling parts of Africa that are vital. And that's, and I mean everybody. Dr. Clark said it best. Dr. John Henry Clark said it best. We have no friends. You want a friend? Look in the mirror. Not that you like the arch eyebrows, the cleft in your, in your chin, the dimples in your cheeks or your whatever. No. You like who you see because you see a black person, an African person. You like your skin, your nose, your lips. You like that and you like to see that in others. That's what we need to do. Become friends with each other. Love one another. Respect one another. Be, be willing to work with one another. Yeah. So that's so my guest on Monday, but today we're going to talk about Africa must control its image. I want to play this. I think played this in a while. Of why we need to do this. You know? Of why we need to do this. Because in reality, you know, there are some evil people. <laughs> some evil people in the world. This is my brother. Has always spoken about some evil people in the world. And so we're going to talk about them. Those evil people in the world. Turn this off. So don't need it today. So, so we're going to have phones ringing and everything like that. You know? So I played this many times before. Haven't played it in a while. But um, this is Howard Nichols. Yeah, that cracker. This is a very short piece. Not pretty much the whole thing, but a very short piece. Speaking to probably some a group of Caucasians on why we must keep Africa poor so we can take their resources. You know, it's a public address. This ain't. This is nothing clandestine. This is nothing under. No, they're telling you this is what we're going to do to your ass, and 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 we're going to keep you that way. Man, I tell you. Africa has been fundamental to the global prosperity of the advanced countries. And Africa had a role to play. It has a role as a raw material producer. We will not allow Sub-Saharan Africa to escape that. Okay, we do everything to keep Sub-Saharan Africa where it is, also impoverished. It's absolutely vital for the prosperity of everyone else. So let's get clear about that. Okay, and this means all the economic structures, all the global institutions and the economics we teach everyone is all designed to keep Africa exactly where it is. And whether it is Europe or US or now China, it's always the same. We need Africa to be impoverished because we need those raw materials and we need them dirt cheap. Okay, so that's the message. It doesn't mean to say that there's nothing Africans can do. Of course there is. 
this is what it's about. Because if Africa does do something different, I assure you living standards of all those in Europe and North America and Asia is going to fall. Okay? And that is a big price to pay. I assure you that the West is not going to allow that without a big fight. Okay, so the job of many Western academics is to convince Africans they have to keep doing what they're doing. Okay? And to show them it's your fault that you're poor. It's not our fault. It's your fault that you're poor. You know, so this is what we do in academic institutions. We know the basic forces that have caused this underdevelopment. We know it's colonization. We cannot afford to allow Africa to industrialize and start producing manufacturers. Okay, so we will do everything to stop that. And I'm going to show you how we actually block that. We had East Asian rapid industrialization processes. So in the earlier period, we had Japan and Korea and Taiwan. Okay, rapid growth sucking in raw materials from Africa, driving up the prices. And after those countries finished industrialization, then Sub-Saharan African growth rate again fell. Sub-Saharan Africa is condemned to this role, just the supplier of raw materials, not a manufacturer. The currencies are collapsing of these countries, and many of them are Sub-Saharan African countries. After colonization ended, we needed new structures to keep these countries where they were. Okay? And the first of those is aid. Okay? We give them aid. Aid for what? Actually, we give them aid to keep repressive regimes in power. That's all. All the hypocrisy about transparency and democracy and bullshit like that, it's all bullshit. But it would go to country after country offering loans. And if the president did not accept the loan, they were killed. It's just economics. It's economic warfare. The rich declare war on the poor. It happens everywhere. It happens in a country. The rich control the government. Of course they do. You really believe you have democracy? Come on. I mean, grow up. Who has all the subsidies and income support? US, Europe. The largest budgets in the world for supporting their farmers are Europe and US. You see, we're keeping them dependent. We're keeping them on a string. This next round of the WTO is designed to block that. To block anyone else getting on top of the ladder. I tell you, to my hear that, I want to just jump to there and just beat his ass. Just beat his ass. Arrogant son of a bitch. But that's the reality. That's what we're dealing with, family. That's why we got to control our image. That's why all around the world, this is the image of African people. This is why the Chinese are trying to put 300 million people on the continent of Africa and the many projects that uh, the Chinese have developed that if you don't pay, they will take. The fact that Chinese are marrying African women, the fact that Chinese in some areas have done some things that caused the people in those areas to give them uh, 
chieftain positions. It's crazy. You know, the Europeans that have been there for hundreds of years, the colonization of Africa, which still goes on. The French, the arrogance of the French, still many recognizing the French states themselves that if it wasn't for Africa, we'd be a shithole country. Portuguese, little tiny ass Portuguese, no, Belgium, tiny ass Belgium, and what Leopold was able to do, the millions that he killed and hands cut off, and they make chocolate, you know, Belgium chocolate, they make chocolate hands. Just arrogance, man. (laughs) Arrogance. You know, it'll persist until we come to grips with the reality of what is necessary for African people and that is some functional unity. That's it. The reason why we're in this situation is because we don't unify. We still think on the African continent that we 54 sovereign countries, you know, sovereign countries. 54 neo-colonial situations. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about the importance of Africa developing and controlling its image. And then on Monday, we're just going to just jump knee deep in the ass of those who want to continue to control our history. It is our history. We have plenty of men and women that who are honest research. We didn't have to make shit up. We didn't have to make nothing up. It's real. It's factual. And what they did to us is real. And what they want to do is suppress it and make it think like, hey, really? You know, your people sold you into slavery and this, that, and the other, and it's their fault, it's your fault. You know, and we were, you should bless, you should thank us for taking you out of Africa. You could still be in Africa worshiping a tree, but no, we have you here in Christianity, in jobs that service us. Yeah. Let me get off into this. Just let me start it. Yeah, this is a website, uh, family. That is a Lisa Boyer, comma, an African history website. It's spelled L I S A P O A Y K A M A, comma, karma. Lisa Boya, comma. That's how I pronounce it. But anyway, we have a quote by Dr. Shikanti Jop. As you know, I talk about Dr. Shikanti Jop in such great reverence because we owe him a great debt of gratitude for his work, his sacrifice. He was a multi-genius. He's one of the smartest men of the last century, along with Du Bois. Brilliant man. Argued in 1974 at the Cairo Symposium. Him and Dr. Thelophilia Obinga, a linguistic. And they kicked ass proving that the ancient Kemetic people were African. 
He says, African people ignore that their ancestors who adjusted to the material conditions of the Nile Valley are the oldest guides of humankind on the way to civilization. They are. We are. We are family. But yet we've been made to believe that, oh, we were were running around the jungle with a rag up our ass and a bone through our nose, never having created a civilization of any kind, of any worth. And nothing could be furthest from the truth. Europeans, which began to dominate the world, coming out of that medieval or dark age, saying to themselves, we may war amongst ourselves, but we're going to come together on everybody that's outside of us. And we're going to go around the world claiming everybody's stuff in the name of Spain, Portugal, France, England, Germany, whatever, and take their stuff. Now that you see today, the United States, Canada, Central South America, Portugal and Spain, the English in what is now called Australia, and other parts of the world that will, where they claim that are their territories, their protectorates, their commonwealths. This has to end, brothers and sisters. If we are to live, it has to end. Africa must take control of its image worldwide. But how do we make it? In, and this question was asked, but how do you make it in your country to survive? This question, this question appeared naturally during a conversation. This left me wide-eyed. It was my first journey to Europe. And because I was coming from Africa, I was asked that question. And yet my life has never been about surviving. I grew up in a big African city in a relative material comfort. I attended well-equipped schools. I never knew hunger. And the only place where I saw starvation and war were scenes on television. This is a lot, uh, this is a lot of people's reality. But the image of Africa today, except for South Africa and Northern Africa, is the image of a continent which has never given anything to humanity and which retarded people live Lives are starving in huts in the middle of war zones. Oh, man. Some of the pictures they show of migrants. Everything they have on their backs and they're moving. You know, armies, warlords, mean-looking cats with guns all over. Starving children. Huts. Man. This appalling image is, is how the rest of the planet sees us. This is also how Africans of the, in the Americas end up rejecting this continent, often violently and irreversibly, whereas they are also part of it. This is also how islanders, Africans such as Magalizi, or even the Cape Verdes see Africa, as they think that the sea and their mixing uh, save them from the continent. This is also the same thing for lots of South Africans who don't know very well the continent and esteem themselves saved by white presence. Reason why some 
expressed this murderous hate against other fellow Africans. There were Africans coming to South Africa getting jobs because the Africans in other parts in Kenya, Ghana, Nigeria were more well-equipped, more well-educated than the South Africans because South Africa is still ruled by Caucasians. And so they gave jobs to those who had those experiences, but the South Africans, so they were killing, they were killing Ghanaians and Nigerians and Kenyans and whoever else came to get, instead of the damn crackers who, who, who made this situation, they were killing the other Africans and talked about, uh, uh, what was that, fratricide? No, no, they talked about something that is that that it wasn't, you know, man, it escapes me right now. They'll come to me hopefully, but yeah, no, man, Ex- this extraordinarily negative re- reflection is the image the West, the, the Western media has chosen to depict Africa. So we are going to tell you about the stakes of the perception of the people have about us and about the importance of definitely taking control of our image and our lives. The importance of image. 43 million poor and 15 million hungry people. 2.1 million people in prison. Nearly 16,000 marriages with minors every year. 13,200 dead by firearms. This is 2015, they say. These are the United States figures. These are American figures. Already, family, there's about 65, 70 mass shootings in this country. Haven't you been hearing mass shootings happening every day since this so-called new year has begun? Yeah. And yet the United States probably remains the country with the best image in the world. That is a country lots of people dream of because it gives itself the means to stir up imagination that you too can realize your dream because America perpetuates and promotes individualism, materialism, greed and violence you can survive that you can get your peace and you can say I got mine get yours I got mine nice car nice crib nice neighborhood white woman whatever I got mine get yours it's building jungles, the skyscrapers, the aesthetics. It's billionaires, hip hop and the show off of wealth. That is mostly what the media shows about this country. Therefore, American citizens are automatically valued whenever they go elsewhere. They are respected, admired. Their word is listened to. This is because they benefit from the image of this country. 
Just like Winston Churchill said, history is going to be kind to Britain wise because I'm going to write it and I'm going to perpetuate the images. The images that come out of uh, uh, the newspaper and at the turn of the last century, the late 1800s into the 1900s, after the Civil War, they wanted to control that image, the, the image of the manifest destiny, the image of the Western you know, expansion, the goodness of white folks to raise the, the, the image of all humanity, the Christian image. Man. We, what we now know about Dubai and I know some of our people have gone to Dubai. A friend of mine went to Dubai. So back some nice pictures and so forth. You know this. Instead of getting Dubai, it's just and Abu Dhabi are just phenomenal because they had tremendous wealth from oil. And they created the image of the Emirates in the world, that whole region. They have to they import workers particularly from Asia, from the south of Asia, Philippines and so forth. And they live in terrible conditions. Every person in Dubai, if you're Arab in Dubai, you're wealthy. You don't do no work. They created, even the constructions are not people who are Arab. Don't the constructions are Chinese. The construction is European to make those buildings, those that tall skyscraper, the Khalifa, which is the tallest in the world now. Those islands, remember that city like a palm tree and, and it sprouts off from there into a uh, lake that they made. Human beings, if human beings have a, a uh, if human beings have the resources, if human beings have all the things, only thing that stops them is their imagination. It's just like Kemet. The human beings in Kemet had a deep imagination and they created what you see even to this day that has lasted thousands of years. That in essence, the building of the pyramids and temples and tombs, perfection. Behind the scenes, there are 53% of its population composed of workers from South Asia. They earn on average, um, if that is in francs, not very much. An insufficient income that in African countries drives them into relative poverty. They live in disastrous conditions, work under extreme heat, commit suicide at a breakneck pace. And yet, Dubai doesn't show that. The image must be clean. Today, the life of an emirate is seen as prosperous. Brothers and sisters, we're going to take a break. I'm playing a very apropos song, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Power. Yeah, we'll play that. Power. Brothers and sisters, listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. I want your... 
I want your perspective. I want I want you to hear your African perspective on this. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on Time for an Awakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. That is Earth, Wind, and Fire from the Last Days and Time album of 1972. My favorite. Only one I own. No, I did. I had two Earth, Wind, and Fire albums back in the day when I had my Sansui <laughs> tables. And I remember the speakers, but man. <laughs> Yeah, power. Yeah, earth, wind, and fire, power. 
And one of the things that we don't understand is that we don't understand power. We don't understand what power is. You hear people talking about power's information and, and power's politics and voting and money. Money is power. You know, power ain't none of that. Dr. Wade Nobles, I believe, I believe, gave the most definitive definition. Power is the ability to define reality. But the second part I'm not too cool with, but this is what it is. Power is the ability to define reality. Then have others to accept your definition as if it's their own. That's what Europeans did. Europeans define reality. Then they made others accept that definition as if it's their own. The question we as African people need to ask ourselves is who are we in Europeans' reality? Well, of course, when they came into Africa and colonized and took us, we were soulless people, no culture to speak of, backward, primitive, justifying captivity, justifying enslavement. No, no power. Who are we today? Criminals and thugs and drug addicts. Those who are in the in the system and in, in, in prison and who are just lost souls. Power. We must define power. We must shape it and fashion it in our image and in our image. That's what we are talking about today. Africa's need and, dis- and, and a necessity to control its image worldwide, to control its image globally. On this website, it's interesting. They, they, they show these, these Indian workers, these Southeast Asian workers, sleeping on the floor and on a pallet and working for nothing. All the countries which have understood this stake project a positive image of themselves and they do not in any case flaunt excessively their problems. This is what is called nation branding. The positive image of a nation goes with the upgrading of its people. Very few people today would try to attack verbally or even physically a Caucasian America, a, a United Emirate, or the Chinese citizens. Since it's true that the image of power they project is strong. The image is also a great economic leverage. It is the foundation for tourism. It is a product. It's said to be an American made, for example. It is enough for it for its value to be multiplied for its people. Yeah. Power. Multiply for its people to rush on and buy even when it's because they, they they put it out there and and when it's quality it's even not the best but it's American this is also the reason why lots of French products have to mention Paris written beneath the name of the brand since Paris projects a good image the image is an important factor of enrichment a country's positive image on the international scene grants it but its influence protects its citizens abroad and gives its economy an added value. 
reality of the African situation. It is believed that nearly 40% of Africans live in the cities. It is said almost 500 million. What do the cities look like? These cities have buildings, supermarkets, universities, entertainment places, large uh, roads and highways, lots of automobiles, electricity, running water, internet, beautiful residential neighborhoods, and poor popular neighborhoods. If the continent is lagging economically in comparison with the rest of the world, the global picture is more contrasted than we think. Even in the villages, the solid buildings are being spared. Over 49 countries of the 54, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, 39 of them do not face any armed conflicts. And 44 do not have people who are starving. The great problem in Africa currently is the mass unemployment and low wages. The mass migration is a result of a lack of economic opportunities and a desirable uh, future perspective. This economic situation is engendered by the looting of Africa by the West and and its African associates. Those that migrate come from the big cities and not from the huts. The image of Boko Haram in Nigeria and the high school girls that they took. A terrible picture. But then here's another picture of Nigeria of the economic power of Africa. The war against Boko Haram is going on, but in the northeast, most of the rest of the country is secure. Brothers and sisters walk in the beautiful shopping center. Equatorial Guinea, night skyline. Dakar, Senegal, which my good brother's going to be going to. Dakar, Senegal. Man, nice highway, beautiful aesthetics. Then the slums in Nairobi. Man, just like in um, Nigeria. I mean, literally living in filth and squalor, but yet there's mass amounts of wealth. The other face of Nairobi, the beautiful city, the skyline, the aesthetics. Asuka in Zambia. Yeah. Darul Islam in Tanzania. Darul Islam, beautiful city. Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Beautiful. Even in the African countries most touched by crises, there are people who live ordinarily. And Congo is a very big country. The war is particularly taking place in the Northeast, so they're living their lives. It's happening. Beautiful places. Botswana. Mozambique. Ghana, uh, a beautiful shopping center in Accra, Accra, Ghana. Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire. Abidjan is beautiful. Coastlines, skylines. It's happening, brothers and sisters. Angola, Addis Ababa, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. Beautiful. The West's war of image against Africa. 
Today, the image of Africa is determined by the West because Africa did not understand how important it is to control its images. Smearing Africa is the policy of the West to justify their crimes against us since the beginning of our captivity 500 years ago. The method has not changed more than before. It's the slave trade. Africa used to simply be richest continent. Africa, no, used to be simply because, no, Africa is. Africa is, as we talk, as I say this, the richest continent on the planet. The pictures of huts, wars, and famine and disease is a way to deprive Africans of dignity, to depict them as useless and harmful people, to destruct the values of their lives. This enables an easy looting because those who are not stolen are worthless people who spare their spend their time making war. This is <clears throat> this is how eight hundred million people have been killed over the past twenty years in the Congo. Eight hundred million, no, excuse me, eight million, excuse me, eight million people have been killed amid general indifference on the background of a grabbing of the country's ex- extraordinary riches. The Congo is just oh, in richness. Tarnishing Africa also enables to keep alive the myth of white supremacy, European, Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, which is the West's doctrine. Each time an African person is looked at with disregard around the world, it is partly because they bear the image of Africa. Every African person in the planet carries the image of Africa. It does not matter the termination which which a African person denies Africa and the Africans. It does not matter how lucky they think they are for having escaped Africa. It does not matter how they try physically and culturally to assimilate themselves into Europeans or other cultures. The African will always be associated with that image. You can't hide from yourself. Everywhere you go, there you is. The media manipulation along with the falsification of history of Africa that has civilized humanity and with the curse of the African or its culture by Judeo-Christian societies and of course Islamic texts is the foundation on which stands the justification for damaging Africans all over the world. The The controversy about the African birth rate was a stark example. But before I say something about that, since I read that, it reminded me of the Ukraine, how we were treated. Remind me of China, how we are treated. Everywhere we go, family. People come to Africa and we treat them with respect. But when we go there and other places, because the Europeans have controlled the imagery, the imagery of the world and other peoples. The Europeans and how have they depicted Africa? I came, thought came into my head about the European Jews who dominate the movie industry. You know, Jack Warner and Louis B. Mayer and all them cats. Early on in the 30s, 40s and 50s, the images of Africans, sidekicks, Bupped eyes. Yeah, 
Yeah. Around the world, the, the animation. The animation. Our friends, the European Jews. <laughs> Following the French President Macron's remarks and the unspeakable submission of the West African officials, we saw immediate excitement in Europe that tried to impose the limitations of births in Africa. Pictures of lots of poor children were shown on the loop. But yet, Africa is not overpopulated at all. And it must keep absolute its birth rate, as we have explained it before. Africa must maintain its birth rate. The youngest population, the youngest population of people in the world is Africans. Europeans who have been experiencing negative population growth, why some European countries wanted immigration, so other groups, maybe not Africans, you know, they don't want nobody dark, but those who look most Caucasian, Syrians, and so forth, coming to their country so they can do work, so they can take menial jobs, because their, their populations are so old. The aim to these publications was to influence the public opinion with the idea that Africans' population must be reduced at all costs. So the idea is that Africans are numerous, unintelligent, poor, sick, belligerent, and having sex consistently. Wouldn't it be better without them? This is how a genocide is prepared. This is how all the genocides in the history of humanity were psychologically prepared. Give that image that would justify the mass murder. African members of parliament pledged to reduce fertility. The BBC article, Africans are so numerous that they don't fit on the pictures. The importance of taking control of our image. It is therefore necessary to show the world a positive image of Africa to provide the continent with an influence. It, to me, you know, I understand that as I'm reading this, but the real deal is I don't give a damn about the, other, about the world. It is about us to show a positive image of who we are, to provide content with an influential power on the global stage, to protect Africans and the Africans of Americas, and to, and to value our economy. As we always like to say, if they are the problem, if they are a problem, we are the solution. There is no sense in asking others to change the bad image they project on us. We must create our international power media. For example, this website I'm reading from, Lipsapoyakama, that is L-I-S-A-P-O-Y-A-K-A-M-A, have been created in this regard. It was out of the question for us to ask others to correct their lies on the African history. Thanks to our historical consciousness, we have recovered and driven by the conviction that we could accomplish anything, we created our own media of history. Today, no television channel intended to be Pan-African lives up to the stakes related to the problems of our image. There is therefore a need to develop an existing media or to create others with a clear purpose to project unto the world, the whole planet, essentially positive image of our continent throughout its history and its current events and its culture. This 
This is why there is no, this is why there are CNN, this is why there are CNN, the BBC, French 24, CCTV of China, Al Jazeera of Qatar, Russia Today, I-24 of Israel, Press TV, Iran, etc., etc. These international channels, channels were not created and financed by the states and individuals simply for the pleasure to inform. They have, they have a well-defined intended goals. They do, and you know it, and it don't include us. At least, no, it does include us in, in, in terms of painting a picture of who we are not. The image is a value security influence and economic prosperity state. A people with a disastrous and unfortunate image in an extreme case like ours, a people ready for genocide. If we want to remain in existence and strive for prosperity, then our reflection must reach that stake. Our work consists of creating a media with the international dimensions in order to promote a positive image of Africa. The image will be more positive if the progress follows. It comes down to every African to strive for exemplariness in their lives and also to diffuse all around them a positive image of the continent. Each one of us is responsible for it. Ashe has the statue in Senegal that my brothers know he's going to go see the giant monument of African Renaissance that is in Dakar. So, yeah, that's right. That is our responsibility, family. Join this conversation by dialing 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. number of you already in the uh, queue, so you know what to do. Hit star twice and let's have some conversation. You know, um, Africa is responsible for what's happening. Europeans have done it, but I don't expect them to stop doing what they're doing. I don't expect that. In fact, history has shown that is not the case. Time has shown that is not the case. It is only those who are naive to believe that somehow we can appeal to Europeans' nature, their moral nature, to the good side of them. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, you know, you... (laughs) They are amoral. They don't give a damn about what happens. That's why I played that Howard Nichols piece at the beginning of this uh, 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 of this program. We must keep Africa poor. We have to. Because they have the resources and we need them. We need them for our progress, for our benefit. So we must keep them poor so we can get them at little or nothing while they live in filth and squalor. We must keep them poor. It is our duty to keep Africa poor. That little bit of static is bothering me. <laughs> I have to get another microphone. Who knows? But I tell you, the bottom line is, family, it is up to us 
No one's going to do this for us but us. And those of us who understand this, for those who want to be, as I read the Enya Sesim, the Enya Sesim to you all the time, where they talk about where they talk about us, you know, getting rid of those individuals who want to be with Caucasians, those individuals who sabotage the good works that we do. That's why it's vitally important that we are serious about what we do. My good brother, my good friend, Brother Paul, how you doing? Baba Ochi, I'm alive and kicking, and if I'm alive and kicking, I can do better and better I aspire to do. That's right. So keep on kicking, man. Keep on kicking. Kick as high as you can. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You know, Baba, Baba, um, you talked about the image of Africa, and I'd like to um, add to that and suggest that Mm -hmm. image is is our communication because the brain when, it, the, when the brain takes sound and vibrations and even writing, it converts them into images so it can calculate what's happening. So, you know, Africa for, is also for us at the root. It's, 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 it's yes. the root of our yes. growth. Yes. It's, 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 uh, it's, and we are, we're, we're, the, we're, we're the branches. We're also the branches, branches of mm-hmm. that, uh, root. And, right. uh, what we, 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 we must understand and not fail to understand is that uh, if we allow the roots to be poisoned, disrupted, cut down, then we, the branches, shall fail. We'll die too. Right. And everything, even the offspring, which are the leaves, uh, will, be, will die. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that, that, that's the significance of the root. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they say, you know, there's very, there are various... Um, there's various ideas, but the reality of it is is that uh, it's the root for all life on this planet. That's right. Uh, and it, and and because of these, uh, because because we follow a set of uh, people which are um, misinformed. I mean, we, there's an elder we call him Elder Herikuti, a, a great elder here, and he always tells us that uh, these uh, Europeans they behave like naughty little school children. <laughs> <laughs> whenever children, I whenever yeah. I think of that, I, I have to laugh there because it's it's so true. You know that yeah. it's just they're just like naughty little school children running about the place, yep. uh, so called educating people, but really they're indoctrinating people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we buy into that uh, that that kind of um, indoctrination. So here we are, you know, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, giving us African perspectives and keeping us on track, and you know. When I say that, Baba Ochi, you know, it's amazing, yeah? It's amazing in this time. And uh, growing up, I saw the same thing. So it's not unique to America or anywhere else, not even unique to Jamaica, which I'm obviously familiar with. My parents are from there, and I, I know about the culture and everything, yeah? And you see the same, uh, some people, not everybody, but a lot of people, you see the same hate for Africa. And it's, it's, yeah. it's so fascinating for me. Yeah. Um. It, I, you know what? I I often feel, Baba Ochi, that the reason why maybe I I don't feel that way because uh, my my dad's auntie who came from Jamaica was born in Jamaica. When she came to England, she she married a Nigerian doctor. She was a nurse and she married a doctor. And then on my mum's side of the family, which is quite unusual, on my mum's side of the family, again, her 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 mum's sister 
married a Nigerian too. So I didn't really grow up with them ideas that uh, uh, people from Africa were different. You know, it was never like that in my household, mm-hmm. although my parents were from Jamaica. But I did experience it at school, you know, and I and I know the same thing goes on in America. You know, we, we you know you look down on the, those from Africa because right. you consider them lesser than you. You know, the white man's told you that Africa is a jungle right. and Africa's less than. So you you buy into that narrative. Yeah, I used to hear my sk- um, school friends, some from Africa and some from the Caribbean, you know, actively argue and almost come to fight. You know, putting down the African as nothing can you know. Mm-hmm. And, it used, and I tell you what, Bavoti, yeah. even as a young person, it used to burn. It used to burn me, man. I'm telling you the truth. It used to burn me because, you know, my mum always told us we're all the same. We, we we're black people on this planet. You know, what I mean, we're not we're not different because you come from Africa, or you come from America. The pain is that, you know, we I, I get that when you're young, you're misinformed. But to hear grown people talk like this today, Bavoti, I'm telling you the truth, man. To hear yeah. grown people right today, talk I that agree. Nonsense today. It's, yes, it's it's, it's crazy yeah. beyond crazy. Yeah, just to goes to show. Just goes to show how firm of a grip. You know, I always use that analogy of the vice grip. I always say that the European has a vice grip on our minds, and if you understand that tool, once they clamp it, you can't pull it apart. And so, all the things that he has instilled in your mind that you can't think outside of that, because that's what they've told you about Africa. And Africans, that's what they told you about the ghetto. That's what they told you about this, that, and the other, to demean yourself and to look at Caucasians with reverence and, and admiration and want to be like them, you see. So it, it is a process. But the only way that your ass can, you know, free your ass and your mind will follow is by turning that knob at the handle, at the end of the handle of the vice grip. The more you turn it, the more you release the tension until finally you can open up and then you see the Caucasian, the European, the cracker, the Urugu for who and what they are. And you don't challenge them to hell with them. But we challenge each other to come together. You see, that's what the deal is. Because they ain't, we, we will never, I repeat, we will never be able to get by the mindset of Europeans. Because why? They suffer from cognitive dissonance. They believe that they're superior, even though there's a plethora of information to prove otherwise, that they ain't shit, they're not superior. But because they believe that they're superior and ain't nothing you can do or say, they suffer from cognitive dissonance. You know? And so that's why, to me, the only thing that we must do is rid them of rid ourselves of that mindset and come together wherever we are, whether we're in England or the UK, whether in Africa, the Caribbean, Central South America, wherever we are as African people, come together on that because wherever we are as African people, because we're not coming together, we are disrespected. I mean, some of us have probably been killed for little or nothing. Just like I remember they, they uh, killed that brother. He was from the States. He was from the United States. Young brother had graduated. He went over to, uh, what was it, France, I think it was. And a gang of Caucasians just jumped on him and beat the shit out of him and killed him. And his family trying to deal with the courts, trying to find the people, you know, who did, man. You know they're going to stick up for one another, you know. So they will probably never find people who killed that young man 
promising young man had graduated top of his class. He was doing this and that and the other. That's why, to me, sometimes when you go through this educational process in their system, you know, you think, and you think that they're going to hold you in the regard that they hold others within their system. Stop it. You will always be to them. That's right. A nigger. I read a piece that Baba Rudy sent out on the, on the internet. At the end of it, it says, <laughs> either you're going to be niggers or you're going to be African. The choices are ours. What is your choice? And brother, we're Africans. We're Africans, whether we're in the UK, in, in Brazil, in the Congo, in New York, we're Africans. What do you got to say, Paul? Yeah, Baba Ochi, um, you know, I absolutely respect your, your take on, on, on things. Um, but I, I'd like to be a bit more optimistic and feel that, uh, uh, like, um, in terms of our, our mentality, uh, I think, I think um, to suggest the world, to say that we we, we can um, never uh, change them, I, I, I like to differ slightly and suggest that we, we are constantly changing them. I mean, I think these people, I mean, they've developed agencies to monitor to monitor us 24-7, 365. Mm-hmm. I, can, I could name those agencies, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, the CIA, for instance. Let's, let's talk about CIA. The CIA basically is an arm of the Catholic Church, whether people believe that or not. CIA is not part of the American government. It's an arm. It was the Office for Strategic Studies, uh, for Strategic Strategies, I think it was, the uh-huh. OSS. And they were run by ex-Nazis, which were part of the Catholic order, okay? They were judge- most of them were Jesuits. That, that is a Catholic thing, mm-hmm. yeah? And it was the Catholics mm-hmm. who started this operation and, and gave Europe the permit to go and capture Africans, okay? So it's just an ongoing thing. But so to suggest, well, to, we never change them. We are constantly changing them, even when they look at us, that we change their thinking. So, so do you they, think, they, they, so, they, so you they, honestly believe that we can win them over and change them to the no, extent? No, 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 I, I don't, I don't think, to be honest, uh, okay. Baba, Baba um, okay. I, I don't think we need to win them over. We don't need to win them over. Okay. We, the, the, thing, the, the reason why I suggest that, because when we know ourselves, when we when we actually, I'm not talking about just regurgitating some claptrap, you know, like we we, we like some people talk a, a talk, but but when you listen to them carefully, you realize that they don't really know themselves. When we know ourselves, right, the words that come out our mouth actually tell us who we are. Like we we, we you know we we are the we are the I don't want to use the word God at European concept, but we are the. We are the caretakers of this planet yes. by definity, by the uniform we take. So we right. don't have to win nobody over. We just have to win ourselves over. That's who okay. we have to win over, not them. Okay. You see, I got you. once you, once you, once mm-hmm. you look, most of us we don't. And I'm even talking about myself. I've had to learn these things. We don't know who we are because we've been lied to, bamboozled, hoodwinked, tricked, indoctrinated. These are the reasons, okay, and many more. But the reality of it is, is once we know ourselves and our purpose. You know, we give ourselves job titles. That is not our purpose, okay? Mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. only one purpose is to take care of the earth, the whole damn planet. Now, once you understand that, you then know what to do. If you don't understand that, you keep talking crap about you have to get this job, you have to vote for this person, you have to go and do this nonsense and all this crap. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking that for the next 100,000 years. 
We this the the, the domain of this planet, the domain of this planet, the caretaking the is ours. It, that is why we we don't wear melanin so we can boast about it and say because uh, some certain people are uh, uh, defunct in it. We we knock them. No, that's not the reason. We don't have to win them nothing. We have allowed them to put us in this position we're in. I'm sorry to say this. We have allowed it to happen. And even today, Abdul Jamal, I want to talk about Abdul Jamal. He's locked in prison. Why is he still in prison? Why have we allowed him to keep him in prison? Who's going to break him out? Mm-hmm. Why don't we break him out? Because we fear them. Why don't we, why do we fear them? Because we have allowed it to happen. Yeah. You know, if a hundred men today oh, get together, hold on, hold on, uh, get him out. Hold on, hold on, brother uh, Richard. Hold on, okay. You, you know, if a hundred men, hundred strong black men got together today, they, they could break him out tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm telling you that fact, right? But we don't. It's not because we don't come together, because we're too interested in our own selfish gains. We don't realize that we got to make a statement. If a hundred black men got together, they could break him out tomorrow. Okay, that would happen because I sealed them when they went into Afghanistan. Every one of them, they couldn't even beat a group of men running around in sandals and rags. They couldn't beat them. Okay, so I'm not convinced that they're that strong and that powerful. I'm not. Whoever is, good luck to them. We don't do it because we allow it to happen because we fear. Fear has been rooted That's in right. us. That's right. So I'm telling you the, the truth of the matter. Every day we look at Abdul Jamal in prison, every day he stays in prison, that shows how much we allow them to take control of our minds. That is yeah. the reality of this. The, same thing, with, the, the same thing with political prisoners here, Abdul Jamal. Um, you know, so we the same thing here in in. in we fear of their system. Let me catch another call, Brother Paul. Just hang with me, okay? All right. 202, Brother Rick, what's happening? Uh, can you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Okay, great. Uh, greetings to you all. All right. Um, I was listening to a program this morning, you know, and I, I think one of the biggest issues that we have is we talk too much. James Brown had a song <laughs> that I remember from years ago. It's called talking loud. Ain't saying nothing. Ain't saying nothing. The the people that get things done get things done, and they don't talk loud. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They do things among their own kind for their own objective. We can talk forever. Oshi, I know you haven't been in a fight in your life. I can just tell, bro. You don't talk your way out of a fight. You gotta fight your way out of a fight. You gotta fight, and it ain't, and that's that's nature. You don't see a a cat because he's confronted by a dog try to meow himself out of the situation. Even though the dog is bigger and more powerful, he will fight that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the dog will leave. Yeah, he might get on his hind. The cat will fight him and scratch his damn eyes. That's right. Get on its hind legs so and start I'm swinging. saying there's so many things that we have adopted in our social behavior that it's not okay to jump on white people, but it's okay for them to jump on us. Yeah. You know, I I know through experience the best way to stop somebody from bothering you is whip their ass. And I if say. you have to do it. Secretly, you, do you gotta wait till they come out of the house in the morning and jump them just as they come out. Then that's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we gotta develop a method of communication first, and I talk about this all the time. And because I and I I do it 
Oh, see, not because I got any gift. I do it because I have experience, mm-hmm. and I pay attention to natural order of things. No species talks to other species in a way that is not physical, mm-hmm. except us. They brought us here. They teach us, to, and they made us learn their language specifically so that they could know what we're talking about. These, their people at the CIA and the FBI, and they're listening to these conversations right now. They got a whole crew, a whole industry, a whole department that focuses on media and the discussions that are contained in that media. And, and talk mm-hmm. radio, is, there's a reason that it used to be back in 1990 very prevalent among our people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look at 30 years from now, you've you got four or five talk stations. Right. And only one or two, including you, that talk about anything of substance. Everything is sports, media, things that don't mean a damn thing in the real aspect of life and living. That's, that's commercialism. That's distraction. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather wake up in the morning and see the sun shining than to see two white women on TV telling me what happened across the country. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm not trying to be facetious in that. I'm saying we've gotten away from the things that will... Re- when you when people are attacking you, whether subvertly or overtly, you got to defend yourself, and you have to prepare yourself to be defensive. Right. But we don't do that, man. We call the police. When something's wrong, <laughs> we call the enemy and say, "Hey, get this other enemy off me." Mm. Mm-hmm. It don't work. It don't work. It don't work. We've been in two hundred plus years under the subject of these people. Wow. Do you think that they couldn't do right by us in 200 years? They get an F minus, an F minus. Yeah. If there's a lower grade, they, they get that. They deserve it. They deserve that. Exactly. Man, they earned it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't, yeah, they, they, beyond that, they earned it. You know, sometimes people can give you stuff that you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. But when you earn an F, damn it, you got an F. And yeah. they got a F minus mm-hmm. if they're in my book. Yeah. They mistreated everybody in my ancestry and yours mm-hmm. on purpose through law. Roger Taney wrote, the sons and daughters of Africa have no, no rights. rights that a white man yeah. is bound to respect. That's right. And, that's- he wrote, and that law has never been, oh, it was a Supreme Court opinion in Taney versus Ferguson. That's right. And it has never been overturned. No, 1857. It's still the mentality that way today. Whether one to, whether it one is because it it's not. the law. It yeah. is the subtle, unwritten, provocative law of this. That's why a white boy can kill 10 black people mm-hmm. and get a life sentence and a brother making the horrible mistake and kill one white person, and they send him to the gas chamber. Yeah. See, that, that, that's what we Because the value of life. Because they value, sir? because of the value of life. that We have been, uh, to, to Europeans and what they have done to us, they have devalued our life globally. That's why I, yes. I, I read this piece. Globally, you know. But there, they, they have a high stock for their lives, you know. Yeah, and it's also it is also to indoctrinate the next generation. Exactly. That if you kill a white person, yeah, you're going to die. Yeah. But if we kill a bunch of y'all, we'll just send you on a you know maybe mm-hmm. yeah, hell he you know if you're in jail, there's always a possibility you can get out. Mm-hmm. But there ain't no possibility mm-hmm. to get out of being killed. Mm-hmm. 
You see, That's we it. have tolerated that. We yeah. got to change that. Like, Oshi, I, I don't know how else to say it. I worked in communications for the, the greatest part of my life. And I know how important it is. And that was the reason that when, we, when they brought our ancestors here, they made us learn their language. Yep. We have got to develop a way to either learn to use this language to our advantage, meaning use the words that have different meanings, or our own apparatus. We have right. got to develop that. If yeah. not in this generation, put the mind, put the idea in our children's minds so that they will pursue it, because that has got to be. When you engage in war, the most important aspect of that war is your ability to communicate. Yep. It ain't gunfire. The it ain't communicate across enemy it's lines. It is mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a, a battle and you can't communicate with your compatriots or with the people that are on your side, you're going to lose. Yeah. Well, listen, I got don't some, know how else to say it. We got some other callers. I'm not as Brother articulate Rick. as you and your other guests, but I know through experience. No, no, brother. You, you're on. You're on. You're on, no doubt. Well, I'm saying Many I, of I, us. Know the experience. I know the, the, the importance that right. white, po- white folks, you call them Caucasians. Mm-hmm. I call them devils. <laughs> That's what God called them. Yeah, some devils. <laughs> so I'm sure. saying, I mean, they have the same, they're the same thing. But I'm saying they speak the same language. And the problem is we speak their language. Yeah. And so they always know. They used to sit outside the slave cabins, Oshi, and mm-hmm. just listen to us. Yeah. And they knew what the plan was. Mm-hmm. And you see them the next morning, they smiling, and they got their shit waiting for you. Yep. To strap and your ass, the same to, strap your ass to that post or to kill you because you're that's planning right. We're on, plan- we on a modern-day plantation. plantation. White folks are 80 to 100 years ahead of us technologically. Mm-hmm. They just tell us what they want us to know. Mm-hmm. They set their bases on Mars. We're still trying to get down to the liquor store on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. We, like the brother was saying, we we are contributing mm-hmm. to our own destruction. That's a yeah. maniac. Yeah, that's a maniac. You might as well take a pistol and blow your brains out. At least you in control of that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't recommend anybody do that. I'm saying let's not put ourselves in the situation where we are basically doing that. Right. We're doing that. We, you know, Africa, man. Anybody that don't understand that Africa is the cradle of civilization, that's their problem. But see, what our problem is, our problem is, is Africa is our salvation. Africa in itself is what we need to come back to. Is where we need to yes. go to. Africa is our salvation. It ain't here amongst the evil people who want to kill us. It ain't other places where we're disrespected and marginalized. And 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 and, yeah. and it ain't none of the. It's, it is on the continent, and on the continent is the only place that we can tell this damn world this is ours, and we're taking back what is ours. Get your ass out. We no, we ain't paying for shit. We you know when you came and took it, you didn't you didn't bargain nothing. So we ain't paying for nothing. You you've been here hundreds of years. You got what you got, and then when you leave, we're looking at all the stuff that you no, know, you ain't taking that, and you ain't taking that. Just get out. And I'm talking about America. Well, I, I'm talking about Europe. I'm talking about the, the, the European Jews, plan. all of them, the, the Arabs. That's yeah, right. That's right. But let me let me catch this right. caller. Let me catch this caller, oh, brother Rick. Let me let me end with just sure. one sentence. Go, go, go ahead, brother. W- one sentence. We can't do anything to change history, but we can do everything 
to change the future, brother. That's right, Ashe. It's on us. It's on us. That's right. Peace. Peace, my brother. Thank you. 443-443. Good afternoon. Baba Oji. Hey, what's up, my brother? How are you doing today? Brother, I know you don't have I'm good. I know you don't have much time, but I'm listening to these two brothers that just came on. Brother Paul, to me, these two were talking about awareness and fear. Brother Paul said that we were afraid to break out our, our political prisoners, and he's absolutely correct uh, because you can you can legislate morality, but you can you can't legislate morality is what I'm what I'm saying, right. but you can regulate behavior. That's right. And 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 and, and so the fear is. Uh, the fear is is death. If you're not willing to die for any for something, you're you're, you're pretty much they, they have you at that point. Yeah. The other brother was talking about awareness. Mm-hmm. He constantly says, if you keep telling them what you're doing, they're going to keep getting you off at the pass. And he's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. But the the reason we are not aware is because we as a people refuse to believe that we're in a fight. We refuse to believe that white people are, are inherently trying to genocide, trying to kill us. We don't think that because we can marry white women. We can, I can get a, I can get a car. We can't get one, but I can get a car. I have a house. Right. Um, and and as long as we stay in the I mindset, we we'll, we we'll, we and, and we can talk that we. But as long as we stay in that I mindset, we are not threatening to white people but yet you notice that when a when a when a white cop shoots a black man and kills him black people get up and march up and down the street oh, yeah. but when a black man kills another black man do you see any marches no do you see i mean in chicago no. if they did they'd be tired as hell because in baltimore they'd killed over 300 people last year yeah so why why don't we march for our people why don't we march when a black life is taken? Oh, but but when the white man kills, well, oh, here comes Al Sharpton and the and the and the Ben Crumps and the, 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 all. And I'm and I'm glad for them. They're doing something that is is much needed. But I think what we're doing because we keep in the same mindset, we're spinning our wheels, and white folks are letting us do it because they want the. the the right. Stephen A. Smiths, the, the Shannon Sharks. They want those people, the Michael right. Jordans, who yeah. be quiet. You want the quiet because quiet is acceptance. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is white people are turning on themselves. They're, they're feeding, they're, 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 they're imploding. I'm telling you, they're imploding because now everybody has a microphone, Oshi. Everybody. And, and speaking, what you're doing on this show, speaking, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's it because it, what, what it does it grabs the mind that can be in, impressed. Influ- That's right. why they're that trying to have these yeah. our black people, our black children, as young as they can, Oshi. Because if you can't change me, I'm a old I'm a old fart. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing nothing but sitting here scratching my butt and, yeah. and reading a book. But <laughs> yeah, them, oh, come on now. Yep. But them them young kids, they really when you don't know your history, you really believe what these people are saying, mm-hmm. and. And when they know what you're going to say, when when you won't, when you're not speaking your own life, I heard some Mexicans talking the other day. I, mean, I don't know what the hell they were saying. Are they smiling and talking and smiling and talking? And y'all talking about me? <laughs> because they have their own secret language. Yeah. And well, it ain't secret. It. If, I mean, if you knew, you know, you can learn Spanish, you know, 
And you can learn these other languages, but a lot of times the language of those people pretty much is theirs. There's a few people, you know, that 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 know various languages. They're multilingual, that know Spanish, that know whatever, whatever, along with English and whatever, you know. But a lot of us, and you it said, is English, and that's it, even on the continent. But, right, right. But you said it, mm-hmm. um, Few people, yeah, and that's by design, Oshi. Right, that's by design. <laughs> you got brother H. Rap Brown still in jail, still mm-hmm. in jail, fighting a Black Panther, fighting for you, so that you're able to to do the few things, that, the, the few things that proceed to be freedom. But mm-hmm. there's no, there's never going to be freedom in this country with these Caucasians. They're never because they're unless you kill them and take it. And I'm not going to I'm not going to say I don't advocate that I advocate whatever it takes yeah. by any means necessary. Right. Right. That's what I advocate. So but no. So I have no I don't want to say anything else. I know you're up against it. Oh, it's time to go. But your show is amazing, brother. This 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 puts fuel in my tanks. This charges my batteries. This gets me fired up. Yeah. And I'm telling you. And, and, and if we don't get fired up, we're going to be exterminated. Oh, As there's no fact, doubt. That's, Once that, they take right. your history, they take you. Right, and oh, that's geez. that's the whole purpose of trying to uh, spread this knowledge, trying to impart this information. Because what I do here, Brother Irv, I don't give you my opinion. My opinion is deeply profane. You know, what I try to do is give you the perspective of, of, of what we should have as a people. You know, knowledge of self. You know, a clear understanding of mm-hmm. who we are. Because it's not my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. you know. I, I give you the perspective of those scholars, those 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 historians, the people I just talked about. You know, when I started this program today, I forgot to mention. You know, we need to look at Drusilla Junji Houston's quote, which is so profound. You know, in terms of our history, she said in 1926, the same year that Carter G. Woodson started, you know, Negro History Week, is she wrote her book, The Wonderful Ethiopians of the Ancient Kushite Empire. She said. Mm. She said, out of archaeology, anthropology, paleontology, as well as history, I have dug up an irrefutable arsenal of facts that Harvard or Yale or even cowardly, even cowardly scholarship in our race can dare not refute. But the deepest part of the quote is this. Then she says, how can a leadership point the way forward that is utterly ignorant of the past? And I maintain that our so-called leadership don't have a damn clue about history and knowledge itself. Don't have a a clue. I say, you know, I say, and see. Oh. So yeah, so that's deep, that's man. Drusilla Dungeon Houston. That's a hell of a quote, but that's the reality, and that's what we're dealing with, you know. And so now here are these attacks. So maybe, you know, I'm gonna have Brother Akinyeli, or Brother Patak Akinyeli, with me on Monday. Maybe we could we we could you know understand how we could because they're making this attack. How can we say, hey man, the hell with y'all? Y'all doing this? Y'all always denied us. We are gonna look at our history and we don't give a damn what you say. You know, mm. I don't care if if Black history is uh, 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 in predominantly Caucasian schools or critical race mm. theory. Critical race theory was a was a, a, a um, university subject advanced subject for right. looking at the, the situation of our captivity analytically and historically, you know, from their perspective. 
It wasn't mm-hmm. designed for high schools. It wasn't designed for elementary schools. It wasn't designed to make little white kids uh, uh, upset about the evil that they uh, their parents have done, their families have done. But it right. it happened. The the see and, and 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 the point, brother Irv, is this: the shit happened. It's mm-hmm. true. There's so much documentation, and not just by us, but even by them. Even by them. Right. Okay. Yeah. I know. Wow. Man, time wow. flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I got to <laughs> run, brother. I'm sorry. I got Brother, we'll talk. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, my know. brother. All right. We'll talk. Okay. I'm going to stay on it. Peace. You know, family, mm-hmm. I, you know, wow. I got two hours and, you know, and I, I don't want to mess up the management. <laughs> right. I don't come down <laughs> on me. So we got to go. Right. <laughs> we in this program like we we in this program like we in all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. Mm-hmm. The this oppressor. program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M I N D, but the M I N E because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants and think they can't do without and sure they don't got it, don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Have a great weekend. Shim Hotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahodie. Bibi means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Be safe, family. Peace. I say. I say. Great show, man. Right on. Great Appreciate show. it. You know it. Great Appreciate show. It. Ha, ha, ha.